Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music, transcribed with the King's Heralds, Del Delker, Brad Braley, and H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Much we need thy tenderest care. Pleasant pastures feed us for our use, thy folds prepare. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast bought us thine. We are blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus. Sinful though we be, Thou hast mercy to relieve us, Grace to cleanse and power to free. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, We will early turn to Thee. Blessed Jesus, Heavenly Father, we pray that Thou wilt bless the broadcast of the voice of prophecy to every listener. Give us faith to pray to Thee, to seek Thee for the healing of the sick, and for the blessing of people everywhere. This we ask in Jesus' name. the heart of God, a 
where sin cannot molest, near to the heart of God. O Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who bow before thee, Near to the heart of God. Sweetest carol ever sung. 
bring the crown, the crown of life and glory. Then by his side we will sit down and tell redemption's story. Sweet as note in seraph song, sweetest name on mortal tongue, sweetest carol ever sung, Jesus, blessed Jesus. We of the Voice of Prophecy broadcasters are now on our second summer tour visiting radio friends and holding Voice of Prophecy radio rallies. We have just concluded some wonderful meetings at Centralia, Missouri. Tonight, Sunday, we will be appearing at the Oak Park Academy campgrounds at Nevada, Iowa, near Ames. On Thursday evening, August 9, through Saturday evening, August 11, we will hold meetings at the Michigan Seventh-day Adventist campgrounds at Grand Ledge, Michigan. Again, we would like to invite all those living in these areas and who can possibly attend to come and let us meet you. Remember, Nevada, Iowa, tonight at Oak Park Academy, and then at Grand Ledge, Michigan, Thursday through Saturday nights at the Michigan Seventh-day Adventist campgrounds. Here now is H.M.S. Richards, the Voice of Prophecy speaker. His subject, Divine Healing Scriptural. Listen to this letter sent to the Voice of Prophecy. Dear Sir, I was perhaps an unusually interested listener to your sermon on divine healing this morning because of the fact that I'm suffering from a physical condition that has come upon me like a thief in the night. I have been groping in the dark, but I do have faith. With the inspiration you have given me and with your prayers, I fully expect to touch the hem of his garment and be healed. These words came to us from Indiana. Two days later, we received another letter containing these words. Like Samson of old, I prayed incessantly, and Christ seemed to say to me, as he did to the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it unto thee. Matthew 8:13. I want you to know that I have just returned from consultation with a famous physician, and his verdict was that my physical condition has cleared up like magic. Now we give the testimony of a faithful Christian minister, O. Montgomery. In the dead of a very severe New England winter, he became seriously ill with rheumatic fever. An able physician did all he could, but the days lengthened into weeks, and the doctor finally told the wife that everything had been done that could be done, and advised calling a specialist from Boston. He feared, however, that there was no hope. There was no minister in the community, so two farmers who were elders of two nearby local churches were called. They anointed the sick minister in the name of the Lord. They knelt at the bedside and prayed for his healing. Here are Pastor Montgomery's own words about his condition and experience. I had been delirious for some days and had no part in the prayer service. The suffering was intense. Red spots, each about the size of a 25-cent piece, covered my ankles and feet, then gradually appeared in other parts of the body, until at last a cluster of these spots appeared over the heart. The doctor came two or three times a day. Each time he would raise the covering and examine my feet and legs. I could not bear the least weight, not even the lightest sheet. I could not move or endure to be moved. 
It was evident that death was near. This was my condition when these two brethren prayed and anointed me with oil in the name of the Lord. They immediately withdrew, and as they reached the bottom of the stairs, they saw the doctor coming to the front door. They went out through the kitchen. He came up to my room, lifted the cover as usual, and examined me. With astonishment, he said, What has happened here? For there was no sign of any of the spots. He examined me carefully. Every spot had disappeared. When he took my temperature, there was no fever. My delirium had entirely disappeared. The doctor said, I don't understand this. Then my wife told him about the special prayer and the anointing, that the Lord had brought divine healing. He said, well, I don't know anything about that, but I know that something very remarkable has taken place here. The disease was rebuked and the fever was gone, though it took many weeks to build up strength again. Divine healing is definitely taught in the Holy Scriptures. Jesus healed the leper who said, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Matthew 8, 2. He healed the centurion's servant who was afflicted with palsy. Matthew 8, 6. He raised from the dead the daughter of Jairus, the ruler. Matthew 9. He instantly healed the woman with a disease of an issue of blood for 12 years who barely touched his garment. Matthew 9, 20. Our Savior cured two blind men who asked mercy. Matthew 9, 27. He delivered the daughter of the Syrophoenician woman from an unclean spirit, Mark 7. Coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus healed the son who was vexed with a demon, Matthew 17. Our Lord delivered two blind men who sat by the wayside near Jericho, Matthew 20. In Exodus 15:26, we read, I am the Lord that healeth thee. But does the fact that God is our healer imply that we should not cooperate with him? Do we not also read in Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all your need? Does this mean that God will always work in a supernatural rather than a natural way? Isn't it clear that he heals in both ways? Millions of people recover from disease without any prayer whatever. We say they are healed by nature, but are they not really healed by God? Certainly. As long as natural and harmless remedies are able to meet the situation, should they not be employed unless God leads otherwise? The farmer plants the field, harvests the crop, receives his reward in food and clothing. Yet it is true that my God shall supply all your needs. He gives us every harvest. He gives us every heartbeat. So while God is our healer, he uses various means. Sometimes a direct touch, a miraculous healing in answer to prayer. Sometimes natural means are used. But that's no denial of our faith or doubting God. God is not confined to any one means of working. We read that when God preserved the life of the prophet Elijah, he sent him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening by the ravens. And he drank of the brook Cheereth, 1 Kings 17. The food came in a supernatural, miraculous way, but the water in the most natural way. The question comes, should a Christian use doctors in medicine? Does doing so show a lack of faith? The Bible does not say so. It is inconsistent with the word of God, with common sense, and with God's work in other realms not to use the means provided. There are a number of scriptures which show that there is no sin in consulting a physician 
if it is done in faith, depending on God and not on man. For instance, we have the case of good King Hezekiah in Isaiah 38, 1 to 5. He was sick unto death. The prophet Isaiah told him he was to die. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. And the Lord heard his prayer and told him he would add 15 years to his life. What a wonderful case of healing. I suppose Hezekiah immediately got out of bed and decided never to call a doctor again or take another dose of medicine. Far from it. Why he got well is told in the same chapter, verse 21. For Isaiah had said, that's God's prophet, let them take a lump of figs and lay it for a plaster upon the boil, and he shall recover. We learn from 2 Kings 20, verse 8, that on the third day the king was well enough to go up to the temple to the house of the Lord. This was not an instant healing, but it was a divine healing. It was a healing with the use of natural means, yet it was a miraculous healing in answer to prayer. In 1 Timothy 5:23, we read the words given by inspiration to the Apostle Paul, telling Timothy, Drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thine often infirmities. This wine, the juice of the grape, was here used as a medicine. There's no doubt about that. If the juice of the grape pressed out could be used medicinally, why could not the juice of the fig, syrup of figs, or oil of the castor bean be used when necessary? Others had been divinely and instantly healed through the prayers and work of the Apostle Paul. Yet when his own son in the faith was ill, he prescribed means, showing that their use is perfectly proper and, when employed by Christians trusting in God for help, useful. Jesus at one time made clay and anointed the eyes of the blind man that he might see. Why he did this, we're not told, but he did use means. John 9. He used a fish, a hook, and Peter to get money for the taxes. Matthew 17. Why did Jesus do this? He certainly could have created the money had he desired to. He healed ten lepers and told them to go show themselves to the priests for a testimony or witness. The scripture says that in the act of going they were healed. Luke 17. Our Savior used five loaves and two small fishes to feed 5,000 men beside women and children. Matthew 14. He could easily have fed the people without this small supply since it took creative power. But he used the bread and the fish. He used the disciples to carry the food. He used baskets to pick up the fragments. When Christ made his triumphant entry into Jerusalem, he rode a donkey when he could have flown. Matthew 21. Why should our God not use means when he chooses to answer prayer? In healing the sick, he can and does. God could save sinners without any human aid, but he usually uses the human agent and sends forth ministers, teachers, and believers to witness for him. If a man with consecrated wisdom and love can be used to win a soul for eternal life, why should God not use a doctor, a pharmacist, a nurse, an earnest Christian with consecrated skill in healing the sick? Evidently, he can and does. We read in the Holy Scriptures that the disciple Luke was the beloved physician, Colossians 4:14. Nowhere does the Bible condemn the prayerful use of doctors and rational means to heal the sick. We are not to trust in men, but in God. He is the healer behind it all. Many times when natural means have failed, 
when doctors and nurses can do no more, God works graciously and wonderfully to heal the sick. The Holy Scriptures reveal an interest in our physical health. Behold, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. 3 John 2. When God created man in the beginning, his work was very good. There was no sickness, pain, or death. It was man's rebellion against God that brought sickness and death into the world. For the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. And sickness is a prophecy of death, a preparation for it, showing that our bodies are mortal. In Adam all die, 1 Corinthians 15.22. Again it is written in Hebrews 9.27, It is appointed unto men once to die. But did not Christ die for us and redeem us from the curse? Yes, indeed. Galatians 3.13 says so. Why is it then that all, both good and bad, die on every hand? The answer is found in Galatians 6.7. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. The wages of sin is death, and the effects of sin are seen upon the whole world and the whole human race. But thank God he forgives our sins and heals our diseases. Psalms 103.3. Remember Christ died because of sin for sin, too. He did not die because of man's diseases and sickness. These are the effects, the results of sin. Eventually, the results of sin also will be done away, and there will be a new earth in which there is no death nor any of its results, where the inhabitants shall not say, I am sick. The people that dwell therein shall be forgiven their iniquity. Isaiah 33, 24. I personally know those who have had the blessed experience of divine healing in answer to earnest prayer. When a young man, my own father was healed in answer to the earnest prayers of his godly father, who also was a minister. I was privileged to take part in a prayer service for a young lady who had a crippling affliction. In response to her mother's quoting the scripture, according to your faith, be it unto you, she arose and walked and ran and has never suffered from that trouble since. God promises that all who come by faith to Christ and confess their sins will receive everlasting life. When we come to him according to his word, we are to believe and receive his saving grace. The Apostle Paul said, The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20 Remember this, Faith is a mightier conqueror than death. If the sick can be led to fix their eyes in faith upon the mighty healer, we shall see wonderful results. It will bring life to the body and to the soul. Anyone who comes to God in prayer for the sick must have faith. He must believe that the Lord is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. According to your faith, be it unto you. Next week our subject will be Prayers for Healing.
rich grace impart strength to my fainting heart. My zeal inspire as thou hast died for me. this end, then, let us pray and continue to go forward in faith. Have faith in God. Full well the heart prepare. Have faith in God. His grace with others share. Have faith in God. To pray the healing prayer. Have faith, dear friend, in God. We trust that this transcribed program of ours today has brought spiritual strength and help to you. And we invite you to join us again next week for another broadcast brought to you by the voice of prophecy. And now we say, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.